The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, our God, who has graciously and mightily helped us in all our needs. Be our refuge and our help. And when our last day comes, grant that we fall asleep, commending our souls into the hands of your Son, Jesus Christ, confident that through his name, our death is precious in your sight. Amen. Amen. I invite you to open up your scriptures or open up the app on your phone and go to Psalm 116 with us. Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me. Therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low, and he helped me. Return, O my soul, to your rest. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe, therefore, have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. What shall I render unto the Lord of all his benefits toward me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord, now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosened my bounds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. And I will pay my vows unto the Lord, now in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. Well, good day to you. This is Pastor Keeker, and I am in the beautiful sanctuary of Trinity Lutheran Church in Clinton, Missouri. And I am joined by the most wanted man in Clinton, Barber, <laughs> Kent Lauer. Welcome, Kent. Thank you. Welcome. I'm glad, glad to be here. Yes. You me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I try to do. Um, what's it like being a barber in the midst of COVID-19? And uh, have you been getting phone calls from people? I have been if... getting phone calls from people. Not very many. It's there. Everybody's pretty much sticking together. This is an unusual. The other hairdressers and uh, barbers in this county, they've all, they all know we're trying to do what we were told to do. I mean, this, you know, this is the only chance that we had to kind of do something we didn't know anything medically. This is this goes back clear to Luther, of mm -hmm. of being confined. Mm -hmm. He knew it, mm -hmm. we know it, and it looks like maybe in another few weeks we may go back. Yeah, it'll be interesting. You know what what people's going to look like and what stories they'll have. But 
<laughs> I hunkered down pretty good. I think I've told you it being, you know, past 65 that my wife and I were, we were fortunate that we were prepared for this. And so it, it goes along pretty easy. The bad weather was the hardest thing, being stuck in a house. Mm-hmm. And I've told you, I've watched so much Westerns that I went to the store the other day wearing a mask and I thought I was a train robber. <laughs> <laughs> so it's weird. I've never seen nothing like it. And, and it, there's not very many people alive today that has. There's a bunch of train robbers out in the store. I saw them yeah. too yesterday. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so since the probably the 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 flu that we had, the what the Spanish flu back mm-hmm. in the early nineteen eighteen. Nineteen eighteen, nobody's ever gone through this in this kind of epidemic and Right. How long have you been cutting hair, Kent? Oh, I've been doing it now for almost fifty years. Fifty years. Uh, Forty in my shop that I have here in town. That's a lot of hairs cut. That's a lot of hairs. That's a lot of people. Have you ever had this much time off? Never. Never in my, the worst I ever had was, and it would like to bug me to death. I had four weeks off. I had open heart surgery to fix a congenital valve disorder I had since I was born. Mm. And that was in, oh, whatever, I was, that was five years ago. And I had four weeks off. I said eight. Well, four weeks is all I can take. <laughs> so, Uh-oh, we're coming up so on So we're coming weeks. up on uh, seven weeks. Seven right? weeks. Wow. Seven weeks four. off. And so when we do go back told Rob, I'm going to probably just have to do part days until I get used to it because I've gotten so lazy. Oh, no. You know, you get lazy and you get sore to get up and walk around, and I need to do more. Yeah. You know, it's been so easy to just sit back and take it easy. You get up in the morning and go, well, what do I got to do today? I have enjoyed the company of my wife. We've been married 47 years, and... Mm. Very fortunate that I have somebody I can get up in the morning and talk to and visit, and we haven't killed each other, and we have <laughs> our two good. pet puppies or dogs, and you know, and I haven't haven't really seen a lot of people. I, when I do go to the grocery store, I feel guilty. Mm-hmm. It got you feeling guilty, like I I don't really need. So we've done. Seemed like we've stored. We're pack rats anyway, but we didn't have we haven't had to go to the store very much. That's good. But I do, and I know you do, and I know people miss congregations. Mm-hmm. We miss people one-on-one. Of course, I've been a one-on-one. I'm a blab mouth anyway, mm-hmm. you could tell. But I miss one-on-one with people. Yeah. And when we see the church get full again, it kind of reminds you that it's something we all get together. What a day of rejoice it will be. Yes, it will. And we're, I think we're all looking forward to and that. And I think we're getting closer. We're getting closer. Mm-hmm. Yep, just hang on a little bit longer. That's right. I, I think congregation's done a wonderful job, too, of practicing with this and we've had certain things that they've they've been able to do and I really appreciate the communion that you've taken time to do with people I think it's been a been a blessing and we start you know with the audio and video uh, streaming of this online which I would have never believed that as a kid you could do that Mm -hmm. we just started this and it was like okay it clicked in and we need it Mm -hmm. and it works and it's working yeah, I think we're getting a pretty good, pretty good bunch of people watching every Sunday. That's good. I'm I'm hoping. I know my mom watches. Oh yeah, so. <laughs> and my grandma. Heck yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, it's a way to connect with people. And you know, speaking of the church, um, you're an elder here at Trinity, and and you're you're the first person on this little podcast I've I've been doing for our for our people um, that didn't that didn't grow up Lutheran. No, you're no. an adult convert um 
went through catechism classes three or four years ago? Uh, four. Four years mm-hmm. ago, and within four years, now you, now here you are, elder. Now I'm... Another four years, you'll be the pastor. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this little boy would be able to handle that. But <laughs> and my little grandson, who's my namesake, you know, I love my, all my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Kent just one day says, how come you don't go to church with us? I said, you know, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. So we started coming, and they a lot of ideas that I like. You know, and I just decided, okay, it's time for change, and I'm glad I did, and I, I enjoy it. I think you can tell when I get up front and have communion absolution, it's, it, it affects me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, not, it's just not going through, it's not going through a walk. It's a, it's a real deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of how I got here. Yeah, now you've, you've been coming here for four years uh-huh. now. Our congregation certainly blessed by you. Well, I'm blessed by them. And uh, it's been a joy to have you now serving as elder. And here we are sitting in the sanctuary about to look at Psalm 116 together. A psalm of thanksgiving, I would say. That's pretty easy when it comes out of psalms. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, when a psalm ends with praise the Lord, (laughs) we are dealing with a psalm that is giving thanks. And as we look at these... uh, some of these verses, there's, there's 19 verses here, so there's, there's quite a few to choose from, and we'll probably only have time for a couple. But when you look at the verses, there are a lot of reasons to give thanks to the Lord. Um, just let's start with the very first one. I love the Lord because he's heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Do you think whoever wrote this was had probably gone through some pretty tough times, pretty scary times. It definitely seems that it way. It seems, doesn't it? Verse 3, the snares of death encompassed yeah. me, the pangs of hell laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. That pretty much explains, a, explains that he wasn't just taking it easy. He had some times. He did. And that's what I, that's what I love about the Psalms, because the Psalms, so the Psalms speak to times of distress and suffering and they speak to the heart and the way that different portions of scripture don't so i've shared this before i think with others um throughout all my days of college i would read the proverbs every morning um proverbs are filled with wisdom Mm -hmm. chock full of wisdom how to live day to day how to treat others um the proverbs have to do with human-to-human relationship. And every day, if I was going to be a pastor, I knew I was going to need as much wisdom as I could get. Right. So there's 31 Proverbs, 31 days in the month usually. So whatever day, today's April 22nd, I read the 22nd Proverb for the morning. Um, Proverbs 22, verse 1, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. And I meditate on that piece of wisdom my whole life, that my, my whole life long all day long I did that for about 10 years and then a couple years ago I went through one of those distressing moments in my life like one of those really pangs of Sheol encompass me sort of things and I found the Proverbs didn't quite speak didn't quite speak to my heart the way that the Psalms do and several years ago I switched to reading the Psalms now every morning because they 
they speak to the relationship from human to God, whereas the Proverbs, it's human to human. Right. In the Psalms, you're dealing with, you know, I, my life is thrown into the pit, the pangs of Sheol encompass me, I'm crying out in distress, and it's the Lord who has to deliver me. And so I think anytime someone is thrown into these sufferings, the Psalms are a great place to go and read and pray and meditate on throughout your whole day long. Psalms seems to be, you know, it doesn't matter. I call them, I feel like they're almost the neutral ingredient in a, in a baking show or something. There's 150 of them, and any time you read one, it can, it can match that day. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, no, this one here yes. matches what's going on this very day. Every one we've done during the midst of coronavirus seems to be matching the, the day. You know, and I, I've, I've read the Psalms where you just kind of think, well, I wonder, you know, you kind of, like you said, you have a little hard time, you read it, and you go, let's talk about me. Yeah. You know, amazing. Yes. You know, like going through the Bible when you was a kid, and you thumb through it, and then you pick out a passage, and that's going to be talking directly to you, mm-hmm. and it, it fits. But Psalms is just, it is, it's a... Uh, it's a neutral ingredient. It just fits everything you need. Yes. Is there a particular verse or passage that seems to fit the the day for you as we read through it? I think we're getting, you know, I, I get scared. Not so much for me. You get a certain age and you just don't care. I mean, I'm not going to go out there and, this is Martin Luther, so I'm not going to go tempt the God, Lord, you know, yes. but I'm going to stay out what I'm supposed to do, but if someone needs it, but when you're scared, and, and, well, let's look at four. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a simple one there, but it's where you feel I'm, you know, I'm not, I know I'm, <laughs> I am not above getting, getting scared. I'm not, I, I think about these things, but I worry about other people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that was why my, you ask about the shop, me staying out. I have no problem. I don't. Could you imagine having a pretty good immune system, and then somebody that you cut their hair died of the, the corona disease, an older person? Well, you wouldn't know if you give it to them or not, unless we're all tested. Mm-hmm. But you would feel you did, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be there. But there again, I think I think the Lord is going to be righteous, and it might be an eye opener for us, and it might be. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't think, and maybe it's just the way I was brought up in some of my religious teaching, but I don't think we have a Jonathan Edwards type God that's, you're hanging by a slender thread. I, I don't think God did this as a punishment. Maybe it's just a wake up call. You know, I'm no, he's, but it's not like, I don't feel like this was the punishment because we sin, you know, and gosh knows we do. And anyway. We have to admit it, and the country's waking up that we don't need a lot of things we thought we did, and that might be a good deal. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need movie stars. We <laughs> right. don't need sports as much as you and I both love. Oh, you're talking to an avid Cardinals fan. Yeah, no, we don't need them. We miss them, mm-hmm. and uh, we can get by with that. Mm-hmm. We need our families. We need our friends. And, of course, we need, we need the communication with God. We need the Lord. We, yeah, and I think that's exactly what the psalmist, and we were talking before we started recording, we're not entirely sure who wrote this psalm. You know, if it was David, we don't know. It's not titled. 
But the psalmist points to um, who the Lord is. And I, I like in verse 5 how he describes the Lord, how the psalmist describes the Lord. Because the psalm begins with, I love the Lord. Why? Because he heard my, my plea for mercy. He hears my prayer. So I love him because he hears me. Um, I was in distress and I called upon the name of the Lord. But then in verse 5, we find out what kind of God hears the plea for mercy. He's merciful. A gracious one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Verse 5, gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. merciful. So you were talking about the Jonathan Edwards. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've heard that before. Um, I've never actually listened to the direct quote or the sermon. But yeah, when we think about who our God is, what kind of God we pray to, the very first adjective given here of the Lord is he is gracious and he's righteous and merciful. So I was reading um, Basil the Great, um, fourth century uh, Greek father uh, from the Western church. He says this, everywhere scripture joins justice with the mercy of God, teaching us that neither the mercy of God is without judgment, nor is his judgment without mercy. Even while he pities, he measures out his mercies judiciously to the worthy. And while judging, he brings forth the judgment, having regard to our weakness, and repaying us with kindness rather than with equal reciprocal measurement. And then he adds this qualifier. He says, God shows us mercy. Mercy is an emotion experienced towards those who have been reduced beyond their desert and that arises in those sympathetically disposed. Example, we pity the person who has fallen from great riches into the uttermost poverty. One who has been overthrown from the peak of vigor of body to extreme weakness. One who gloried in the beauty and grace of body those who had beautiful haircuts, and who have now been destroyed by most shameful passions. Though we at one time were held in glory, living in paradise, yet we have become inglorious and humble because of our banishment. But our God shows mercy. Seeing what sort of people we have become from what we once were, and for this reason, he summons Adam with a voice of mercy in saying, Adam, where are you? He who knows all things was not seeking to be informed, but he wished to perceive what sort Adam had become from what he had been. Where are you? Instead of, to what sort of a ruin have you descended from so great a height? Basil the Great. Any thoughts, Kent? Well, I think it's kind of like what we're thinking today. I mean, God, he has the power to destroy us. And he has to, he definitely has the, the reason to. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and he hasn't. And it's more, it's more like, you know, I feel that the comfort I get from these is, okay, I, you know, I, I know what you've done. It's like you mentioned Adam. He comes up and Adam, he says, what have you done? And Adam's almost, you know, in paraphrase. Oh, I didn't do anything. Shit, but, but, the woman you gave me. Yeah. Her. She did it. She did it. And, yeah. and, uh, and I'm here naked. 
Yeah. And, I don't know how this happened. Yeah. You know, well, how do you know you're wasn't naked? My, wasn't my fault. Right. <laughs> you know you're naked. Yes. Yeah. And yet, even though he could have destroyed that right there, he might have. It was a different life than what was planned. Mm-hmm. But we went on from there, and that's that's where we are now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think of you see on the cases like what we're going through. Mm-hmm. A lot of people you had never thought cared anything about nothing are jumping in and, and doing some things to try to help. Yes. Yes. You know we have. Uh, a lot of groups getting in for food pantries and a lot of groups, especially on the uh, PEP, is that what I want to say? The personal PPE. The PPE, PPE. Yes. Yes. Yeah, personal protection. That's a, that's a new word we've learned. Yes, yeah, social distancing. Never heard of that term until uh-uh. a month ago. Now I hear it every day. Yeah, so that, that's the thing about, so the Lord in verse 5, he is both merciful and just or righteous and merciful. And so what I like about Basil the Great's quote is that when you are in the arena of the Lord, uh, when, we're, when we're talking about who God is, it is, he is always both merciful and just at the same time. So, um, and then he goes into this, you know, this beautiful rendition of uh, we who were once in glory now have fallen so far far from what we once were and when god approaches us what kind of god are we met with so i see the person on the side of the road who's begging maybe their past was um maybe it was one that was glorious maybe maybe they served for our country They went over and they fought valiantly with honor. But while they were fighting for our country, they encountered some demons. Mm -hmm. They were encompassed. The snares of death encompassed them. The pangs of shale laid hold of them. And while they were over there, this glorious, honorable life, they come back home and they are face-to-face with the demons that they have that they are encompassed with that um that plague them and and they they end up falling their life ends up falling into a life of uh shambles um PTSD trauma anxiety some resort to drugs and then you and now you see them there on the side of the road and that moment when you see someone whose life once was glorious and now is in shambles or in ruin, or as Basil the Great says, an inglorious life, you're immediately thrown in as the one who is seen and on the outside. You're immediately thrown into the arena of mercy and justice. There's part of that in us when we see that, right? Because when I want them to make things right again right Mm -hmm. you want them to make things right you you don't want their life to be in shambles you don't want to continue to aid whatever it is that continues to the shamble in their life you want them to right the wrongs go back to the family make things right again um but you also every one of us i need to show mercy right they need food they need drink. 
they need shelter. And it's that, um, that arena hits us on a human side, right? I lived in St. Louis, and every day going to seminary, I'd meet someone on the side of the road. Um, we have someone living here at church, a homeless man, right, right outside. His name is Rick. And every time we're confronted with someone uh, whose life once was glorious, now it's inglorious. Once was, um, they had the life, and now it's in shambles. How do you respond to them? And I think in that picture, that three-second picture we see, that's exactly our Lord when he sees us. Right? He made us good. He made us um, holy. And we ruined it all. And, you know, I'm sure he thinks, well, why don't you get, you know, yeah, get your you life together. Why don't you do it? Exactly. You know, we see these homeless people like that, and, and at first you do. I mean, yeah, you're a judge. You know, why don't you go just, out and get a job? Justice. That's uh-huh. right. That is part of it. You want to, why don't you? It reminds me of my, my wife's father was in uh, World War II, mm. and he was in New Guinea, which was a terrible, terrible place. Mm. Lots of battles, shot up, come back with jungle rot and what they call now post uh, PTSD. PTSD. Yeah. They didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. My wife grew up with a man that they'd have fireworks. He'd hide in the bed. Mm-hmm. Eventually, he, you know, he was a construction guy. Took the drink, got to be a bad alcoholic. They got a divorce. Mm-hmm. My wife didn't see him for nine years, and one day he showed up on the doorstep at our house. He says, "I'm so and so. I'm Alice's dad." I said, well, come on in. And hmm. he had turned, he was ministering in uh, rest homes and truly give his whole life, turned completely over. And my wife, his last few years, was very close to him. Wow. And it was, it was really, really neat. But he did. He wasn't, wasn't somebody that just did it for a day. He completely gave his life in ministering rest homes. And Russell was, and he'd tell you, he just, he just lost it when he come back from the war. And I never could. You can't point a finger at somebody like that. Mm-mm. And my wife, you know, she did at first because she was raised by her mom and grandma and didn't have him around. And, of course, mom, her mom wasn't a fan of his at all. Of course not. You know, sure. He just left the house and was gone. Yeah. But at the end, you know, he proved that we, we had it. The kids all knew him. And Rob was just maybe five or six when he passed away. But, you know, he, he'd come around. Yeah. It was bad. You know, he never ended up on the street because he always worked. But he he ended up in the bottom of a bottle. He ended up in the pangs of shale. Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, thanks be to God for his for his conversion. Yeah, he just, he had gone to, a, as he talked to it, he'd gone to a revival tent. Oh, an boy. old tent revival. Oh, boy. Yeah. Where they was uh, Jonathan Edwards coming was, back. That's right. <laughs> and they was doing everything but shaking snakes <laughs> and he just it was but just they a, had the word there the word was there and it come yeah. on him and he just never it was just like i wasn't the same person it was just boom yeah it just happened i didn't ever go back he was a heavy smoker and he drank and that that was it he went home and threw away everything and he said i never went back there the only thing that can do that is the grace of god right and that's exactly i mean that's the song intervention it's the that is who god is at his core, he is gracious. He is full of grace and mercy. Mm-hmm. And so even though um, you and I, and you mentioned this earlier, we deserve 
present and eternal punishment. Right. That is our rightful. That is it. That is what we, that's, that is our rightful punishment. God is just to give us that for our sin. Because just like Adam, we were, we were given every good thing and we've wrecked it with our own lives. Some take to drink, others do other things. We're, we're all dead in our trespasses, Paul says. We deserve present and eternal punishment. God is just to, to give us that, and yet he's gracious. He's merciful. He gives to us, he treats us kindly. Um, and I think just to bring it to the home, um, you don't, you know, you don't, the person on the side of the street corner, when you brought it to the home, it's, it's not just these people that we don't have relationships with, it's our own sons and daughters. Right? There are parents and grandparents who have raised children and given them a very good life, great foundations, virtues, filled them with wisdom, and they go off to college and they just make a mess of it all. The prodigal son. Mm-hmm. Um, that parent now, too, is in that same arena of, and every parent knows it, Justice and mercy. What does my child need? Uh, do, do they need? Do they need the the judgment? The Jonathan Edwards dangling by a thread law. Do they need the? It's okay. I, I love you no matter what. Uh, it's hard to hit that that middle middle deal, but it, you know it is. It takes both sides. It takes both sides, and the but the thing that must prevail, and the only thing that um that the psalmist keeps pulling back to is the graciousness of the lord he's the one who preserves the simple he's the one who saved me and he's the one who gives my soul rest he's the one who deals bountifully with me that's verse five six and seven and it's all it all hinges on the graciousness of god god is gracious um yeah the grace of god it 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 changes the life it takes you from the snares of death and it and it gives me rest and and his blessing and really it goes goes right down to the to the, the final the biggest gift that we have mm-hmm. was god's son being nailed to a cross going through the pain and the agony and the embarrassment i'm sure was there mm-hmm. and then He's down. You know, we, we Easter Sunday, he has risen. You know, He's risen indeed. Hey, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's, you know, I think, used to think one of my, it, it's just in the New Testament, one of the three words that the whole Christian thing is, you know, it's just, he's not there. Mm-hmm. He is risen. And he's risen. Yeah. You know, the women went to the tomb, and he's not there. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's just like, whoa, what did they do? <laughs> Can't, yeah, to hear those words, um, it, it, it'll, you know, so my soul is encompassed in death, the pangs of Sheol laid hold of me, but then to hear that my Savior is risen from the dead, um, it causes one to rejoice in the Lord, to praise the Lord. He lives. Death can't hold him. Nothing can. And you're right. So I mean, the way this, the psalm wraps up is it, 
He says in verse uh, 13, and this is a good question, what shall I render to the Lord for all of his benefits to me? So the Lord is the one who's, he's filled with blessing and he graciously gives us blessing upon blessing upon blessing. And the greatest blessing that we have received is his son, Jesus Christ, crucified and risen from the dead for our salvation. And so then the question is, what do I give him back? You know, he's done this. What do I give him back? And I found that, so this is the one, one last quote I want to share because I thought this was good. St. Augustine says this, Christ loved you before you even existed. He created you. He predestined you before the foundations of the world and created you through the agency of your father and mother. He has reared you. It is not your parents, you see, who made you, though they hand on to you their family characteristics. Christ loved you. He created you. He reared you. He gave himself up for you. He listened to insults for you. He endured wounds for you. He redeemed you with his blood. Aren't you overwhelmed? And would any Christian say, what shall I give back to the Lord for all that he has given to me? So what will you give back to the Lord for all he has done for you? Listen to his words. Whoever has loved father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Listen to him saying this and fear the menace contained in it and love the promise implied in it. What do you give back to the Lord for all that he has given to you? Have you saved him as he has saved you? Have you opened up eternal life for him? as he has done for you? Have you created him as he did you? Did you make him the Lord as he made you a human? Have you given anything back to him that does not come back to you? If you look frankly at the truth of the matter, you have not given him anything. For what do you have, he quotes 1 Corinthians 4, 7, what do you have that you have not received? One of my favorite quotes on evangelization is evangelization is simply a beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Yeah. Have you heard that one? No. You know, <laughs> I like this. I, yeah. We're all beggars. This is true. We're all sinners. And I'm constantly in the need of God's daily bread. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find other people, um, who just like Adam have fallen, whose life are in shambles. Um, th- these are the people Jesus came for. Right? When, Jesus, when God comes and walks among us, he comes looking for the sick. He comes looking for the sinner, the tax collector, the one who is far off to bring them in. And so he has brought us in, and so, but I remain a beggar my whole life long. Right. I'm a beggar, and I need, I need his, what he has to give me. And I think that's what we give back to him as we continue to stay in that position of, you know, my, my hands are open, Lord. I am here to receive what you have to give. I think so what that looks like, okay, I got four kiddos in my house, and as their father, um, I give them a roof over their heads, clothes on their back, 
food on the table. Um, I try my best to give them some wisdom. <laughs> and the right relationship is when, the when my child is on my lap receiving those things. It would be backwards if my kids started living as if the roof over their heads depended on them. Right. Right. And they're, they're going to pay for their food. <laughs> and they're going to teach me wisdom. Like that would totally ruin the relationship of father to child. But I think that's how, as God's children, sometimes we fall into that trap of, okay, Lord, you started it off, but now let me take it from here right. and I'll show you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You, get, you get, to, get to the point where you think, well, I've done pretty good on myself. You know, <laughs> I, I didn't no. see you around when I did that. <laughs> yeah, no, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't do that. You didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I think the Lord, the Lord, the Lord is pleased <clears throat> by taking the cup of salvation. I mean, this is Christ. When we are receiving the, there's there is a very good reason why we sing these words right before receiving communion. Uh, we sing this psalm because when we come to receive His gifts. I need that cup of salvation. I need the Lord's forgiveness today and every day. That is, that is all I can really do to render back to the Lord what he has given to me is to continue receiving what he has to give and thank him, thank and praise. Um, this, and this is a whole prayer of thanksgiving. Yeah. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all of his people. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. I know as, as a Christian and in my heart, sometimes I, I feel a little bit guilty because I don't, I'm not, not reverent, but I, I pray all the time. And, and talking to Jesus to me is like talking to my son. Mm -hmm. It's just there. You know, it's not like, dear God, I said, hey, what are we going to do now? And this mm -hmm. and that. And you have to watch, I guess you have to watch that. I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing. It's just, he's my friend. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know that I got to have what he's given. I got to have, I got to have me that. Whatever he's given, I want it. Mm -hmm. And we can't make it without it. Mm -hmm. We can't go on without prayer. We can't. You know, he just gave me the song I think we should sing. Did you know we were going to sing today? No. <laughs> I'm going to try to keep up with you because you're the one with the good voice. Oh, I had a bad one the other day when I sang in the garden. I was no, hoarse. that was beautiful. I was hoarse. I think the song that you get, you just gave me for us to sing is What a Friend We Have in Jesus. That's a good song. It's about prayer. It's about Jesus being our friend. So let's find it. We'll try. Okay. So I'm going to try to keep up with you. <laughs> oh, let's do it. Those old songs remind me of so much of my grandmother. She played the piano in a little tiny Baptist church in southern Missouri and beat on that old upright piano. And what a friend we had in Jesus. That 770. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything 
to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with the load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find the solace there. Thank you, Kent. Mm -hmm. That was beautiful. How about we take it to the Lord in prayer with the prayer that he gave us to pray. Let's do it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen.